All right, welcome back to Chi Chi's Chat. Um, tonight's episode, we will be um, having just some general, real conversation. Um, I have a young gentleman by the name of Gene um, who had a very um, interesting story. Um, his story was one of the ones that you know you see only see in movies. So I have him talking about his story and the things that he's encountered and as well as his um, his come up, where he came through, where he was to where he is now. Um, so we're going to go ahead and jump into the episode uh, for tonight. So um, you all know that I always love to start by um, praying. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now for the uh, coming to you for the throne of grace. I thank you for um, your divine encounters, oh God. I thank you for meeting um, us right where we're at, oh God. Even though we may not see things um, at the right time, Lord God, but there's a there's a, always a divine, divine time with you, oh God. We thank you for your divine timing, oh God. Um, we thank you that everything that looks like it may not uh, seem like it's going to go good, Lord God, you always turn it around for our good. And we thank you for that. And we praise your name. We give you all the glory, all the praise and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So like I did say, um, tonight's episode, we'll be discussing um, different um, options, that different avenues that we have for our young gentlemen out here. We have Therapy Undefeated that we'll be discussing, um, as well as this young man will be telling his testimony. So let's go ahead and get started. Good. How are you? I'm cool, cool. And basically, that's why I spent more time in prison than I did in the streets. You know, so went through prison, did all the time. You know, so I brought my, my sentence to the door. On 25 years, I did 18 years and two months. Came home, um, and while I was in there, I had a vision and a dream that I always been in the box. Like my father, my father was a boxer um, from Cincinnati. Um, Aaron Pryor, my father and Aaron Pryor was the first people that taught me anything about boxing. So as we, as I went through the system, I had a dream of doing a program when I came out. So I started training people outside. Just I, I became a personal trainer because all, all I did in prison was work out. You know what I'm saying? Besides reading, I got 30 college credits, got my GED, um, got four trades. I'm an HVAC technician, auto mechanics, commercial cleaning, um, data commercial, data entry, so did all this stuff. But my call, when I first got home, I got home, got married the day I came home. Um, And what I tell people as far as whatever age you are when you go to prison, that's the age you are when you come home. So... Even though I was 36 years old, I still was 17. You still had the mentality of 17. Yeah, and not 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 gracefully the mentality, mentality, but it was I had lost so much. You know what I'm saying? When you saying that you're still 17, is a lot of stuff that I've missed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, I missed prom. I. You didn't and, know what cell phone like the updated. Now the thing updated. about it, my my beard was different. All my first, I seen in prison. Okay. I seen my first big face money in prison. I seen my first cell phone in prison. I seen my first real heroin in prison. I seen my first e-pills in prison. So I wasn't late to some of those things, but I still was late. You know what I'm saying? And I chose to go into Emporia because Emporia is 20 years behind me. Man, yeah, my yeah. sister lives out there, so yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 yeah, so like it is, it's 20 years behind. So me going to employer, so 
the lady, I always said whatever woman was with me at the end of my bed, that's what I was going to try to make it work with. I got married the day I walked out the door. I'm talking about, I went from one jail to another. Not knowing. You know what I'm saying? I was the kid that wanted to be married. So by 12 o'clock, I was married. But I married older. So my wife, she's like almost 10 years older than me. Her life experiences are different. Mm -hmm. Here it is when I'm doing this, she's already settled. So um, I went to the first gym. I started working out. You know what I'm saying? I was like, okay, I can do this. So I had my job. I got my first job. I got out February 6, 2012. I got my first job March the day after my birthday. Um, worked at, worked at um, Toll Brothers, building trusts and stuff for the houses, homes and stuff like that. But that wasn't my car. I was the only person who would ask me, like, how do you, when Toll Brothers lay you off, they don't call you back. So it was like, you keep getting called back, Gene. How do you keep getting called back? I said, this is not my source. And with me, I'm not a religious guy. I have a relationship with God. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Because I studied all the religions. I went to prison. I was a Muslim. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I was praying for five times a day. So me and I tell people, I mean, I've been on the news. I've been on Channel 6 and Rose Among Us. Um, you know, a lot of newspapers for the, for the prison and stuff. I go back and speak. That's my other thing now. But I'm really trying to get into more motivational speaking and things okay. of that nature. Um, and you tell a kid at 17 that... He's coming home in 2012. If some of y'all really remember, in 2000, the world was coming to an end. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> 2000, everybody thought the world was So, me, 2012, I carried a knife everywhere I went. I, I, I acted out. You know, um, I was raised by the old heads, but the things that I never had to. I told I told Greg McQueen them that I lost God as far as that. How people do it, but God didn't lose mm -hmm. yeah. I learned what Psalms 82 says, did I not say that you are God's but you should die like men? So when I learned that and me being I became I went from being a Muslim to being a five percent in the okay. nation of God's earth. So once I got knowledge itself and knew who I was, I could carry the weight of the world six to times, I could carry it on my shoulders. So I woke up every day different, you know, and as I as I went through the whole being. I knew that I was somebody, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't let my surroundings do it. So most of the time when I ask people like, what do you see? Because it's still an enlightenment to me because when the officers and stuff, everybody knows me, they know poor. You know what I'm saying? They know this hard-headed kid that grew up in the system. They always knew that I had a glow about me, something was different. But I say, they say, when we see you, we don't see prison. Like you can you can see a lot of guys come home, man. Yeah, and a lot of the big guys, like guys around here that's talking, Paul, Taylor, all them, while I'm looking up to them some, they tell me, like, I've had discussions with Paul, and I'm like, I was going through it, you know what I'm saying? Because, and I tell people this about prison, I never was depressed in prison. It wasn't until I got into this world that I got depressed. And one day Paul called me and was talking, I was like, yo, bro, like, and all the stuff you're doing, like, I'm innocent. <laughs> And I'm not getting these accolades. And he was like, well, he said, let me tell you something. He called me in there and he said, smoke. He said, let me tell you something. He said, when you came back and spoke at prison, he said, I went to the counselor after that. And I told the counselor, what he has, I want. He said, well, well we get the accolades and stuff and we in front of him. He said, it's not us. He said, you built this. 
He said, we just got to keep running with the torch. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when I see these people, and I'm saying like, hey, y'all doing this and that, like, but I'm, I'm, and, and, and Pat always tell me like, man, once you come, once you come, come, come here. And I had to tell him, and even my aunt and sister had, I tell him like, for some reason my job's not done here yet. You know what I'm saying? Because employee has gang problems, they don't want to speak about. They have all this stuff going on, these troubled kids, nothing for them to do. And now like, well, since we've been in the paper with the boxing and everything, it's getting more of a look from that part. And like, even when me and Pat, when me and Pat first ever talked, I had another guy helping me with my gym. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the guy, boxing and stuff, and he gave me all this lip professor. So one day I was looking through, I was looking on Instagram. When Pat first opened here, I was looking on Instagram. I was like, oh, because he was looking for somewhere to bring a team and we used to buy the box stuff. And I looked and Pat and I was first started. I was like, man, this guy, he's getting it. So I called him and we talked. And he said something that it was one of my models too. And, and when he took it, he, just, he said it before, he was like, look, he said, man, I'd love for you to be a part of this, this movement that we're doing. He said, the thing about me, he said that we hungry, we not greedy. He said, when you're hungry, you want to make sure everybody eats. When you're greedy, you want to make sure you eat. And since that, like that day, there's nothing that he can't ask me to do. You know what I'm saying? He come, when he's gone, I come, like when I come out here on Saturday and stuff, I sit at the front desk. And all the coaches I check, they may not think, they might not know that I'm over top of them because they don't see that much. But if something ain't right, I thought, yo, what's going on? Like, how you see this? What would you think about this? You know what I'm saying? And that's the relationship. He's my big brother. Like, yo, how you feel about this? You know what I'm saying? What we have going? Because I seen when when Raw was over here, he's he's giving a lot of people. To, he's doing the same thing I do down there up here. And the Lord, so you find out, okay, this person over here is loyal, this person over here is hey, like, like, you find all that through trials and tribulations of like, who is really supposed to be on your team. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the, that's the great part of being a part of East End. You know what I'm saying? That's why, like, when we do that on East End South, like, I let them know, like, yo, we are, that's my big brother up there. Like, what we doing? Any person that's up here, like, go, go to East End. Like, my little cousin and stuff, like, you need somewhere to go? Oh, you know, and even I've been up here like last week. I think I was in Walmart. And I seen one of the kids, little little Tyson, the big light skinned little dude, used to come. I was in Walmart, and I seen him. He had the East End shirt on, and he remembered me. And I saw him. I'm like, yo, uh, where you been? Man, I moved to Hope and I've been going to the other gym. Da 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 da. I was like, oh, okay. You know what I'm but that's the thing about being a part of. So, so what would you say you get or what do you see like kids getting from um, the community from here like when they come here and you take it from the community and they come here what what do you what have you seen and what do you feel like you get confidence from? and the thing about with boxing you know, so like I said I've been boxing since since I was little I, even I didn't know why I knew how to fight mm -hmm. like I didn't even know my history until my aunt my aunt Mary she really gave me my history when I came home, she was like, we were talking about boxing and stuff. And to me, growing up, Sugar Ray was the man. Yeah. So I'm talking to my aunt one day, and she said, why you like Sugar Ray so much? I was like, he's the man. She said, you know he ducked your cousin. It's like, huh? She's like, he ran for Aaron Pryor. 
So like, you know, Aaron and your daddy was your father sparred against Tony Tubbs. Aaron used to sleep at grandma's house with us. <laughs> I was like, oh, so then I started studying Aaron. I was like, oh, this the Hulk was really the man. Boxing was in your blood. Yeah, and I didn't, and I didn't really, I just knew that I could fight. I just knew that if you push that button, if you down there, and then even my mom told me one day, we was at my house, and we was on a deck. And she, she told me, after my aunt had told me the story, she was like, if your dad would ever knew your cousin was trying to hit him, and the other guy that taught me how to box. And my mom, she, I, like, I snatched the belt from her before, and she got there going to cut them hands, and she, I'm like, you take it back. Like, <laughs> beat me, don't, don't punch me no more. But, yeah, it's, and with, with, with boxing, with, I got a kid, I brought one of my kids up here now. He's been with me for nine months. And that's what I was explaining to him on the way up here about his energy and, don't be a father, be a leader. The whole school system down there, his name is um, Sean Nightmare. Like I was at a wedding, I was in a wedding Saturday, the teacher came to me, she said, look, she said, I want to thank you for what you did for Sean. She said, that kid has changed so much from being around you. She said, he needed you. She was like, yeah, she said, he's always been a good kid, but he had something, he had anger issues, he had this and that. You know, and now he's so disciplined and so yes sir, you know sir. Yeah, every little two could be fourteen, he just turned fifteen. But on a whole, we look at so okay. And that's the thing where I say boxing does for us in general. I, I tell them down there, they push the band down there. Everybody ain't gonna be a part of G Force. They push basketball, football. What about the kids that can't do that? If you can't do none of that, you could be a good sparring partner mm -hmm. and make three thousand dollars a week or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's so many avenues of the money. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That like the, the program like I was telling Pat before about the program that I want to start. It's guys in there in the system right now. This at the volleyball court, boxing, weaving up under the volleyball net. You do this inside out program. Cause that, my, that was my first initial thing. I wanted a program with guys came home. I wanted a, a building. They had apartments upstairs and had a gym downstairs. Hmm. Guys come home, they can stay there for six months to leave. You know what I'm and they already down, I've gotten um, um, historical landmarks marked as historical landmarks. I, I found this old school that was uh, like one of the original schools from slavery days. I had that oh, rebuilt hey. and turned into a museum. And then um, pretty much that's what I do. So I go oh, in and I find out you. what they're doing, yeah. and then I get you money for what you're doing. Because like, like right, so the old boys and girls club. Mm -hmm. Is 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 the it was the army and they when the boys and girls club shut down it's a good four four years now when it shut down they closed it they auctioned everything off of it it's still sitting there but what's the name uh Whitmore Whitman's property they're trying to sell it but they want four hundred thousand dollars for it there's no freaking way possible first of all. Like, I used to work in there. That's one of the jobs I had since I've been home. I worked in there. And one of the things is that the gutters come straight down, which is, it goes into the ground, which makes the butt, the basement have mildew. It doesn't have a runoff. Um, like, they, they, gut, they took everything out of it. The one that they're asking $4,000 for. $400,000. It has mildew in the bottom. Yeah, in the, in the bottom floor. Like, like I've been with it. The floor, it could be an awesome building. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that was one of the, I wanted, 
But I told him, I'm like, I'm not going to pay this you much. You need someone to talk the money down. Like, you need down. to get the money to get it. But it, that's a great place. It has a big fit. It's like I'm sitting on, like, it's a good two acres in front of it. If you send me the information yeah. and what you want to do with it, then what I do, I also have a background in writing. I just finished my book. Right. Um, that's what I want to do. I write articles for sure. what you're doing, and I make it sound so good that people want to send you money. Yeah, that's I want, how I got things rebuilt. That's what I want. I want to write like if you go on YouTube, like guy just did a podcast on me. Um, he got called. I just told my story. It's kind of long, but I just told my story about the whole the whole situation. Like, cause like one of my one of the things in there on part when I was explaining like when when my lawyers came to me and he told me my lawyer came to me. He said, "I got, me. I got." Me. I said, "What you got?" He said, "I got your plea bargain for three years." I said three years. Right. He said, "Yeah, I got you plea bargain for three years. You plead guilty to second degree murder. You will uh, you be home by the time you turn twenty. I said, "I'm not pleading guilty to something I ain't do." He said, "It's over." He said, "They're gonna give you fifty years." I said, "I'm gonna do a stand on my mother for years." They already knew it was gonna give me. They already knew it was gonna Yeah, of course. Cause that's what they gave. Me. They talked to me twice. They talked to me that time. Then they talked to me. They brought my mother downstairs in the holding cell. My lawyer, one of the lawyers died. The other one is a judge now from Petersburg, Great Newport. And they said, um, Kim O'Donnell, Joan O'Donnell, she was my other lawyer. Joan said, they're trying to give you life in prison or the death penalty. I said, I'm not being guilty. Right. I ain't doing it. So how many years did you do the total? 18. 18. Okay. From 1993 to 2012. Okay. So what what made them did you get out on like good yeah, behavior? I did all the time bring it to the door. Okay. With no with no good time. Two ten for thirty. Because and this is the thing with, with Virginia law, what people don't understand. There's three laws in Virginia. We only hear about two. We hear about the old law and we hear about the new law. New law that but is a law in between that was the two thirds law. If they would have did what they were supposed to with the two thirds law, Douglas Wilder injected the two thirds law when he was the governor. And the two-thirds law was that you do two-thirds of your crime, two-thirds of your time for violent offenses. So when I had 25 years, under the old law, I was supposed to be five years and started going up for parole. I was supposed to mandatory in 12. I started going up for parole in 12. And I'm mandatory in 18. So it's like, it's a They robbed you for your time. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. but it was just like, nobody knew about these laws. Like, because we're not educated until we get in the system, then we start mm -hmm. reading the law books. And I was up under the Baker claim when they said that if both of your parents wasn't notified that you were supposed to get out. And I had helped dudes with their cases and they got out. But it was still, I wasn't getting out. <laughs> you know do, you, do you implement that into your program? Like um, teaching the kids those laws? Yeah, because but I, I, don't, I don't have, first of all, I don't have my conviction from nobody. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody in Boyer knows that I was locked up. Because I want you to tell my story. Nobody's going to tell my story for me. Right. Because you're going to say, don't go to Gene Jim because he's a felon. Now, I'm going to tell you I'm a felon already. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you, that won't, we won't have that issue. Right. No, I was going to, um, I think she's asking, like, when you were mentoring your yeah. young people, you tell I'm them about yes. what you've learned. As and, as far yeah. As, like, yes. All, all of my kids, like, I really, from working at the Boys and Girls Club to, like, I go back and ask, before COVID, like, I wonder if you guys, when people go back and speak at the prison, they usually go to the visitation room or something like that. 
Last time I spoke before COVID, they asked me where did I wanted to speak at. I told them in the park. Like, and it in was in front so, of everybody. Yeah, it was in, in the, inside the building, in the park, and it was amazing for me because when I went in there, they got a map of Virginia, and they got my picture up there. Hmm. But I went back in. I wanted to go in the park because I never want to be too separated from where I grew up. I grew up at South Hampton Prison. Okay. So sometimes, like, guys come home, they grew up on the rock with me, I take them back there. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a grass field. It's goats and stuff out there now, but if that grass can talk, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's a lot of dead souls. A lot of people who lost their life or lost a part of their life there mm-hmm. who went crazy. Like, I've seen guys go crazy. I've seen a lot of stuff there, like, like, even I was telling one of my guys the other day, like, Oh, we like sometimes this this reality of being out here is really sometimes it makes you like yo this is what we cried about mm-hmm. this is what we fussed about we wanted to come mm-hmm. out here and pay bills and, and do it but we didn't know that it's a whole different like getting a check making money raps They don't, they don't understand that, like, what's, what's, what it really is when you get out here. Like, we just gotta, gotta just come, we make grow um, today, catch more, Troy catch more. Troy was a part of the, the, the Isla Africa crew. You know what I'm saying? And they was coming on. So, like, we just had a big cookout. We had a cookout last week, matter of fact, Father's Day weekend at, at Dory Park. And it's two women, um, Sonya and, um, and, and Ms. Mays. And they did a cookout and they gave me an award for like all the stuff I was doing in the community. Like even though y'all don't think we watching, watching y'all stuff, you know. And I'm like, I was appreciative of it because like, yo, sometimes we only get recognized when we're doing bad stuff. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yep. That's what I'm, that's pretty much what we're trying to change. Yeah. Like we are comfortable with Patsy, we ain't telling him. The main reason why I'm doing this is because I want to invest in a place that's making men. Yeah. I'm going to fight against homosexuality. I'm sorry. And, 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 but, 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 say it. Listen, it's, listen, I'm going to tell you African this. African-American men are the highest AIDS rating, and in, 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 in they're the highest homosexual. But there are more homosexual black men yeah. than there is any, any other, race. other race. And I'm like, do y'all not mm-hmm. see that they're trying to yeah. kill the, the, the black seed? Yeah. They're trying to kill the black seed. But this, this is my thing. I'm a, I'm a man's man. You know what I'm saying? I'm not right. perfect. I tell Gene not perfect. Mm-hmm. Strong symbol is. Mm-hmm. Gene can make mistakes in Because, like, I've been away from women all my freaking life. Mm-hmm. But I was blessed that women liked me. And I didn't even know why. I grew up the ugly nothing. I grew up in an abusive home. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Every month that I got on me, that's why I won't let no man do nothing to me. Every month that I got on me come from my mom. Oh. <laughs> like, like these scars and stuff, these wounds, like it wasn't no, like my mama had already gave it to me the well before I went in there. But like, I don't tolerate, and my kids will tell you, I do not tolerate Crocs. And I had a question yesterday, because sometimes I post questions, but I had asked a question to some guys yesterday. I said, we have got, and black men have gotten comfortable. They want to wear Crocs. Crocs were for, Nurses. Well, nurses, nurses, nurses. Yes, yeah. people yeah. stand on their feet all day. Mm-hmm. Now is we have sacrificed our wanting to be comfortable mm-hmm. 
like dudes came on the football field yesterday. We was out there training right where the, the field next to the gym. We I trained some kids for football too. So we out there and three guys came up. Like they thought they was gonna be out there practicing with us. <laughs> and I said, Y'all got slides on and crops. You won't be out here playing with us. Right. Hey look. They know. They, what are you gonna do with crops? You can't look so. You gotta have accountability. Hold yeah. hold men accountable for That's their manhood. I don't like skinny jeans. Mm -hmm. You say, hey, Praise hey. God. Do you hear this man? Do you, are you recording this? I don't. I don't. <laughs> Shannon knows I'm on a whole. Yeah, I'm on a whole mission. My book. Y'all read it. I'm telling you right now. I'm not gonna lie. I came for the black men. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I was just telling him the one of the main reasons you can have to pay me. The main reason I'm doing this is I like to be a part of things that are making black men. And I am on, I am fighting this whole homosexual thing. I'm not having it. They're attacking our black men. They're trying to crush the black seed and the black family because that's why there's more gay black men than there is any other mm -hmm. race. It's is not even. It's it, yeah, exactly. It's not. It's not even to. It's not even to come against somebody's sexual preference. It's yeah. to come. It's yeah. to combat yes. the the initial problem. There's yeah. a, a deeper problem yeah. that yeah. We're, break us, we're, it's another way to break us down as men, right? Yeah. Because if if you look and see oh such and such devil, like like you say, some people have their issues, but don't force stuff like skinny jeans are forced on these. And most of the mm -hmm. designers, what yeah. these what kids right. don't know, are homosexuals. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now they put you in these skinny jeans that you can't you already you can't, can't pull them yeah, you can't do nothing. And then you got them down behind your butt. Mm -hmm. yeah. So wow, you just all the way in all the wrong. messed up. Yeah. Oh, I, would, I, I put that in my book. The, yeah. whole, the whole history. His name is what's his name? Thomas Brown yeah. is the creator of these skinny jeans and little high ankle. Yeah. They actually asked him in an article, "Why do you have so many feminine influences in your thing, whatever?" And he's a homosexual, mm -hmm. right? So he said, "I created these these pants. He created he elevated the." the pants level yeah. to showcase the ankle because back in the 1800s yes. they, when they showed the ankle it, was, it signified feminism sex. and, yeah, and yeah. vulnerability yeah. so you know how you see faggots break their little wrists uh -huh. that's actually a, safe, a, 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 a sex yes. symbol they hey I'm vulnerable I'm available yeah. and that's like the thing that they do and they're pretty much mimicking the femininity of women so my main thing is I want to get behind people who are giving the black men what they yeah. lack Oh, yeah. who are, who are pushing for thing. them, pushing yeah. for man, for manhood, pushing yeah. for masculinity, giving them, giving them that masculine leading, because that's what's the problem. They're not seeing other masculine leading. They're seeing they have a broken and, and home, whatever young. it is, and they don't have good. They don't have mentors. outlets. They don't have yeah. black mentors. Mm -hmm. and, and that's that's and, my and, other and program. It's, just, it's annoying. You have yeah, a mentoring I'm doing, program. I'm doing. I'm doing a mentor. Like I got everything except for the 1029 part of it. Okay. Like I pay them money. Every year, but I like they said, there's one part I miss. I said, there's one part I miss because a lot of stuff that, to be honest, I know how to train people. Mm -hmm. The business part, I be winging it like I'm <laughs> like, I just started paying myself. I've been in business since 2014. Mm -hmm. I just got an accountant this year because I work at the funeral. He hate this. I work at the funeral because, <laughs> 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 like, like I, I started working at my one of my guys, he owns a funeral home, mm -hmm. you know. And on a humbug, I got doing that, working in the funeral home, like picking up bodies. But I have a program that's called Hear Me Out. Here stands for Help Everybody Achieve Respect, Mentoring, and Recreation. So it's Hear Me Out, Help Everybody, help achieve, everybody respect. achieve Respect. That's, and... that's what Here stands for. Okay. And Me Out is, and the whole thing was 
I wanted to be heard with my story. It's like, and y'all might not know it, but some of them people that write them books <laughs> that was in prison, <laughs> some of them dudes was on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> some of them dudes was on the other side of the fence too. Yeah. So I, I read the book, Nathan McCall, I read his book, and he was like, maybe one holler. And my thing was always, you holler, I scream. My scream was like a whisper. Because he was just, I'm telling y'all, I'm innocent. Or everybody's reading my paperwork. My first counselor, when I first went to prison, my first counselor, I read, I gave her my transcripts and let her read it. She was like, what are we supposed to be in here? I said, so when you tell me to do these treatment programs and all stuff, I'm What's the correlation between um, Therapy Undefeated is your company, correct? And then, um, there's all of it, everything is one. Um, uh, my partner, um, yeah, I met her. Her name is Tyson. Okay. She's the one that helped. Can she does what happens on Thursday? The kids from the Department of Juvenile Justice come here. Um, I pick them up from court. Okay. Um, and um, and they're required to come and do pretty much um, the anger management piece. Like the first twenty minutes, be the anger management piece with her, mm -hmm. and then the other consists of the boxing. Piece. Okay. And so what happens with our program? Like, even with our mentoring program, um, Thinking of Future, if you're in our program, the football, the track and field, basketball, and boxing will come free to you. Okay. Because you're in the program. Right. Um, then once you finish, I still create with the boxing avenue for you just to come in. Okay. Work out. Because my thing is this, and I was telling this on the Richmond Path today, and Michael, they had this little like, coalition today. Which I thought was a lot of bullshit, but I listened to it um, at the time. They have, I have a problem with white agencies going into a lot of these homes, and it's just just a simple Medicaid number where they're making money, mm -hmm. and then they build relationships with um, these families, whether it's three months or six months, and then when the services they stop, leave. No more contact. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like the follow through, like afterwards, and I don't, we don't see that. Right. And so one of my kids, um, we had an ICC team, um, intensive care coordination. It was um, parent coach, ICC representative, uh, virtual residential. So the kid um, is going to residential after Papa Spring. Everybody in there was like, oh well, you know, see you later or whatever. I was the only one request for me to go see it. Mm -hmm. Regardless, they cut all the services off. I still want to create a, you know, continue our relationship. Because when he comes out, he still is going to need someone to be by his side. Mm -hmm. and have that. Right. You know, and, uh, and I know I have residential there. Like I said, I've been group home for 20 years. And the coldest part of it, Time of running group home is holidays. Mm -hmm. Like holidays, there's never. Cause don't nobody want to work. Let me tell you something. It's always I always brought kids to my house for holidays mm -hmm. because they didn't have nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. They had no relationships with none of the family or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So it's you know it is these white agencies of yourself, the focus, focus, kid focus, whatever that shit is. They don't care about. age 
you plan on putting this in the apartment up top? Yeah, I mean, because what's like, the ages? All ages, like we're adults, really, because like right now, let's say this. First of all, if we go to prison right now, they have a, they have a they have an issue. They have an issue with um, synthetic weed. Spike is a big Spike, issue in prison yeah. right now, um, and, and that can kill people. It is an overdose. It, it is mm -hmm. like, and they hit them with two cans of knockers out there. But let's say dudes come home, okay? Like I've had guys come home that you spent two decades in prison. You come home, you don't know nothing. Like it's a whole time with Cause like you said, if you if you was connected where you had seen a cell phone or it's like that, learning how to drive all over again. If you was driving. Um, family members, after the newness wear off, let's say you come home, you got a good 30 days. Everybody's going to be excited to see you. Everybody's going to take you here, there, boom, boom, boom. Now, after 30 days, now you got to get a job. Where are you going to work here? So we need to have a program whereas, like, once they want a box, yes. But also, where, where are you going to work? Like, set up something with some businesses and say, I will hire and not just that bonded letter. The bonded letter is nothing. The bonded letter says if I steal that statue, they're gonna reimburse you for that statue. That's really nothing for the businesses that really have a center of to hire. And then, like, say you got me, I'm not a bull sex offender. You know what I'm saying? Like, because like, and, and it's, it's it's sad to say in certain situations, you say if a guy was dating a girl, you know what I'm saying? Mama got mad, you done let you date and then one day you get mad and that's nah, something he, different. Mm -hmm. But like some raping or messing with kids or nah, I ain't mean, like I have been I've been locked up with the black ninja. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. I was I was I was in there with them. My dad gave me the, the car for my membership next month. Okay. Well, with that, I say different ages because you don't know what age the guy's gonna be when he come home. Like, okay, um, the guy they have an issue right now because the, this parole board that just that just had that parole board let more people out than they ever had let out. Yeah, it was because of the um, it was a law passed. Not the, but before that, the, the fishback law, yes. Yeah. But before that, she, they was letting people out. That you probably would never really have gotten Yeah, no, yeah. Because you just think, okay, like I said, I started going off the road in 2005. I started going So when I started going off the road, I kept getting time to turn down for something that's never going to change. Serious nature of the crime. Mm -hmm. The nature of the crime is never going to change. Right. Even though I went there and told them I didn't do it. But that's not going to change. Right. So what are you calling this again? Which one? Uh, right now, I'm, I'm, um, my, my, my writing to my writing things are going on. I, right I would now. have to, cause so, like at first it was one thing was pull as I climb, you know what I'm saying? It was just different thing. I, I told them the name around because I really haven't found a secure name for it. But it was it's something it has to be something with these guys and they need mentorship. But hear me out. Well, let me tell you what hear me out was. Mm -hmm. What the whole thing would hear me out. Hear me out was putting guys who, and females who've been incarcerated or been through situation, putting them in the roles of mentors. Okay. 
You know what I'm saying? Especially if they have no no sexual feeling. Mm-hmm. Put them in the because the thing the biggest thing for a guy to come home is the word that we hate the most that my wife said to me one time was you disappointed. We don't want to be a disappointment. Disappointment, yeah. Like if you if you deal with a guy that's locked up or you talk to a guy that's been locked up and he do something, you're like, man, you disappointed. That that's a stain. Yeah. That's, that's like getting sucked. Yeah. Because all this stuff I did. Now I'm disappointed. Now disappointed. Yeah. I, let, I let you down. Right. Because you know you've already felt like you let people down when you initiated the the whatever it is yeah. that you need to go in there. So you've already so disappointed then, them initially. So now you disappoint somebody again. So if you put guys in a row, like half of these guys is here. Mm-hmm. Like Big O. We've been on the wreck yard together. Okay. Like, like he's a great guy. But he, all he did was fight in prison. <laughs> so to come out and help your mentor for these kids and mm. he can do it from that angle. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you put now that what he's doing had saved him. Mm-hmm. Help him. G N E. So being a mentor to the kids and telling like, yo, you don't want to do that in a Right. Like, I tell kids like, yo, you don't want to do that. P-O-R-T-E-R. You don't want to do that. Not at all. Because once you open up that door and I tell my kids about their brand. You know what I'm saying? Your name. If, like I tell some of my kids, I said, look, I'll give them this scenario. I say, every time we go on Walmart, I steal something. Every time we go in there, I steal something. We go in the store, I steal something. I steal something. Now we all spend the night over your house. Your video game come up missing. Mm-hmm. Huh? I just came up with a name. Yeah. I, 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 we spend the night at your house, and your video game come up missing. Who are you going to say, Diddy? Yeah. That person that steals all the time? And I cannot be the one that did it. Mm-hmm. But my brain <laughs> says that I did. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing with the kids and with the whole thing. How do we, because this guy's coming home. And I just told him that in a meeting down at, down at like four years later. I said, the re-entry is real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The recidivism, the relevancy is real. Yeah, it is. What do you think about machinery? Because and then and you have this is the thing about what trade like to be totally honest, I'm a certified HVAC technician, four ten certified. I suppose we're gonna chill this and everything. <laughs> I got all the book sense, mm-hmm. but you don't get a lot of hands on. Right. I'm a certified auto mechanic. Got all the book sense, but I don't have a lot of hands on. <laughs> so what do I do? What Gary Thomas say? When I need something done, I can tell you, I can troubleshoot. I got a book in the office right now. I troubleshoot. I can tell you what's wrong with it. But I'm going to tell you, go be um, honest to somebody to do it. I'm going to connect you with, um, I was telling him earlier, I know um, a lady named Miss Charity. So her whole drive, she's been doing it for decades, okay? trying to um get into she has a program called stop the pipeline to jail um it's just for you know like your people like yourself yeah yeah, from prison to getting trades so she she has a home now where she's gonna have people you know that's coming from prison they can learn trades they can learn how to do welding um you know cosmetology all different different type of stuff you know that they can learn the women the women the women facilities women get good jobs They learn good trade. They learn about microchips. They learn about all that in prison. But the way prison was at one time, that you couldn't get a trade for five, if, unless you had like five years left before you mandatory. Mm-hmm. 
Right. So you'll be sitting there forever until you get about to go home. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's a good thing <laughs> what she's doing. Um like it's a lot of programs now, it's a lot of people more so now. Like I think we having a we having a luncheon, Paul having a luncheon in Newport News. It's I think it's in September sometime. <laughs> but if you send me your email so that's going to conclude our episode for today um, we are going to uh, conclude this episode um, next week and we're going to come and do a follow up so that's concluding our episode for Chi Chi's chat on today and we'll check y'all in next week tune in next week we'll get more information let's talk about it